Hey folks, you own firearms? I do. Did you know that there's an easy way for you to let everyone around you quickly see whether your firearm is loaded or unloaded? Meet muzzle stick, barrel, and chamber flags. Muzzle stick, chamber, and barrel flags offer a way for anyone, whether they handle firearms or not, to quickly see the loaded or unloaded status of a firearm. That could save lives. Are you one of nearly 80% of firearms owners that keep a loaded gun out of the safe for personal protection? Well, Taking an extra precaution by using muzzle sticks, big bright barrel, and chamber flags will let everyone around you know if the firearm is loaded or unloaded. Muzzle stick does not recommend keeping a loaded firearm outside of a gun safe, but the reality is that some people do. And a clearly marked gun's status communicates to others around that may not have firearm handling experience and it is something that they would not want to handle. Muzzle stick is not intended to replace the rules of firearm safety. However, their chamber and barrel flags do offer firearms rapid clear identification, and that could save lives. It's time for you to do everything you can to be a safe and responsible firearms owner. Head over to muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com to place your order. One more time, that's muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com. After all, we only have one life to live. Hello, America, and happy Friday. Really looking forward to the conversations we have today. A lot of news going on in the world. For the first time that I know of, Vladimir Putin is a fugitive. You heard me right. He's a fugitive. You know why? The International Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant for him for the kidnapping, the alleged kidnapping of Ukrainian children during the war, taking them to Russia. A big development. And people say, oh, well, it's nothing's going to happen. It's going to be very hard for Vladimir Putin to travel outside of Russia, given that this is the now an arrest warrant that many nations are committed by agreement to enforce. And if that's not exciting enough for you, well, last yesterday, Congressman James Comer, who, by the way, is going to be on this show in a little bit, he is joining us to tell us about the money trail that congressional investigators on the House Oversight Committee have made to the Bidens, 12 bank accounts, multiple foreign cash transactions coming in, Ukraine, Russia, China, the Middle East. That's a new one, according to him. And a $3 million what they call prospective payment that then gets divvied up, goes to a Hunter Biden business partner. For the Hunter Biden business partner, it gets cut up and goes to several of the Biden family members, including Hunter Biden, the son, James Biden, the brother of the president, and Hallie Biden, the widow of Beau Biden, the late son of the president. That's a new name in the foreign money flow that we had not seen before. James Comer is going to bring us up to speed in the second block of the show. You're going to like that. Amanda and I had a great conversation with him. We're going to adapt that for the podcast today. We're going to start off our show today with Ted Harvey, former Reagan advisor, former state senator from Colorado, current head of a political action committee that has filed three very consequential ethics complaints against congressional Democrats, two of them running for Senate, with very detailed information, the sort of things you don't want lawmakers doing, like taking free subsidies at a college where they don't currently work, or paying their husband to be a security guard when he doesn't have a security guard license, or my all-time favorite, and one that really kind of concerns me a lot, this one has really caught my eye in the last few days, Alyssa Slotkin, Michigan Congresswoman now running for U.S. Senate. She's been renting a furnished home at $2,000 a month, including utilities, from a campaign donor and lobbyist. Sounds like the sort of relationship we don't want members of Congress 
to be benefiting from. But we're going to get you up to speed with Ted Harvey at the top of the show. And then we're going to finish up with the former Homeland Security Secretary, Chad Wolf, update on the border and also on a story we broke earlier today on China. And I want to get to that in a second. So Congressman James Comer in Block 2, former House Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf in Block 3, and Ted Harvey, a man who's starting to make life a little bit uncomfortable for several Congress Democrats, Cory Bush, Alyssa Slotkin, Katie Porter among them, ethics complaints highlighting some very concerning behavior by these three. So we're going to have that. That's our show today. But before we get to that, I want to spend just a couple of minutes on the story that I broke this morning. It is the result of numerous weeks of investigation here at Just the News. The headline is pretty darn easy. As COVID origin secrets near declassification, the Wuhan Institute of Virology Lab, where we think the virus escaped from, its ties to China's military and its bioweapons research, well, they're becoming more and more clear in the focus. And let me just give you what we have found. These are all documents. You yourself can read them. State Department, Health and Human Services, NIH, CIA, and of course, the House Intelligence Committee, all public documents with really incredible details. And this is what the story is. In 2005, the State Department declared and concluded, based on a substantial amount of intelligence, that communist China maintained an offensive biological weapons program in violation of its treaty commitments. It had signed anti-biological weapons. So it had an offensive biological weapons program, and that program was run in part by the People People's Liberation Army, the PLA, and its Academy of Military Medical Sciences, its military research arm, and specifically the Fifth Institute of that Academy of Military Medical Science. That was where this was all identified. China was breaking a major chemical biological weapons treaty. We declared it, but you would think there would be a punishment for that, but uh, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong, and I'm going to explain why. So you can read that document. You can see the declarations. Over the next decade, the Academy of Military Medical Sciences began engaging in a variety of research experiments and studies and literature writing with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yep, that lab. You remember that lab. That's the lab the FBI and the Energy Department now say is the most likely source of a lab leak that gave us COVID-19. All right. So the AMMS, the place that is where the military of China is creating its offensive biological weapons, is working with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. These ties are sitting in plain open. They're sitting on United States government sites. How do I know that? There's a study on the NIH website, that's Anthony Fauci's old agency, that shows that the Wuhan Institute of Virology and AMMS, the Academy of Military Medical Sciences, was working together on an anthex project. There's another one that shows that they wrote a book together, that several of the scientists that worked at the Wuhan lab also, or at the AMMS, wrote a science. It's a, it's a book, 2015 book, and it concluded that the coronavirus, not COVID-19, but coronaviruses as a class were going to be the leading edge of a new era of genetic warfare. You heard me right. An outright declaration five years before our pandemic starts with a coronavirus, COVID-19, a new version. They're talking about coronaviruses being, this book is highlighted in a House Intelligence Committee public document, a non-classified or unclassified document. So all of that comes into open and you go, oh my gosh, wait a second, that can't possibly be right. Now that can't be right. That can't be happening. Well, it gets even worse. Despite all that evidence, despite the warnings, despite the ties, 
more than a million dollars, $1.7 million, flows from federal agencies, including the State Department and the NIH, Fauci's arm, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and to AMMS, despite the words, despite the illicit allegations of an illicit bioweapons program. You think China would get punished instead? We're funding them, and we're funding them at places where there is a bullseye of warning around them. $1.7 million of funding between 2014 and 2021. And now the House Intelligence Committee has been told there may be millions more from other agencies. All right. So the question we're all going to have to ask, how could the United States, its Intelligence Committee, its medical establishment, allow money to flow to a country that has an illicit bioweapons program and to medical research entities that are tied in some way either to the Chinese military who has that illicit program or to the actual academy and institute where the bioweapons research was centered. Very troubling questions and very strong comments from people like Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas, former Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf, who you're going to hear from later in the show. He's going to actually weigh in on this quite a bit. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for our national security. Someone soon is going to have to disrupt this lack of common sense, this reckless charge towards national insecurity. Go check out that story. It's a very powerful story. We're very excited to bring it to you. It's our work. We've worked hard on it for a long time. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to open up the show with former Colorado State Senator Ted Harvey, former Reagan advisor, current head of the Committee to Defeat the President PAC, the Stop Joe PAC. He's got some major ethics issues he's highlighted for Democrats. We'll have that right after these commercial messages. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews. Folks, Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule, that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. Factor makes it easy as they are flexible to your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. 
Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We've been talking a lot about the culture of corruption that seems to be increasingly becoming apparent in Democratic circles. We know all about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. We've heard the stories about Representative Cory Bush, Representative Alyssa Slotkin, Representative Katie Porter. There are some new ethics issues today with the mayor of New York, Eric Adams. The culture of corruption seems to be creeping across the entire Democratic Party because it's finally getting exposed. Well, our next guest, he's on the leading edge of not only helping to elect great conservatives, but highlight and litigate the wrongdoing that Democrats have had. He's actually holding Democrats accountable. What a novel idea. Joining us right now, a former advisor to Ronald Reagan, a former state senator for the great state of Colorado, and the current chairman of the Committee to Defeat the President PAC. He is our good friend, Ted Harvey. Ted, great to have you back on. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm honored. We love accountability here at Just the News. I'm an investigative reporter. We like when something, if something's wrong, we want the person to be held accountable. We fix it. You've got several actions all at once that are really starting to have an impact on uh, highlighting and litigating the wrongdoing of key and high-profile Democrats. I want to start with Representative Cori Bush from Missouri. Uh, really fascinating case involving her new husband. Tell us what's going on there and the legal action you've taken. Well, Cori Bush, for her entire career, has been on one of the most radical leftists in Washington, D.C. She's part of the squad with AOC and the others, and um, she has been probably the most vocal member of Congress when it comes to defunding the police and for gun control. Um, but as many of your listeners may remember, last year it was brought about, brought to everybody's attention that she had hired well-armed security forces to yeah, protect her um, when you and I, she doesn't think should be able to protect us. And we, we don't have the money to pay for full-time security. Um, but also, more importantly, to, to what we have been doing with the PAC, we filed a campaign finance violation against her because she was using her campaign funds to pay her now husband and saying that he was her security. But there is no, um, every one of her security detail has to be a licensed security um, person in Missouri. And um, her husband isn't a licensed security person in Uh Missouri. And um, it looks to us, and I believe the FEC will agree with us, that she was taking money from her donors giving it to her then boyfriend, now husband, and um, living off of the, the, the donations of her, of her donors. And she didn't report that she was paying herself. She didn't report that she was paying her boyfriend at the time. She reported it as paying a security guard, and he's not a security guard. So we uh, filed a complaint. We want the FEC to look into exactly who he was, where that money was going, and is she um, being honest with the American people and with her donors about how she's handled this situation? 
So you have a federal election complaint for sure. And then also, I think you sent some letters to the Justice Department House Ethics Committee, correct? Yes, um, we, we want this should certainly be uh, brought before the, the House Ethics Committee and they should hold her accountable. The, um, the, the it, it's pretty bright red line. You cannot do these things. You cannot pay yourself. You cannot pay family members, quote unquote, unless you are um, reporting it to the FEC and reporting it to the American people. And she didn't do that. And if that's the case, she needs to be held accountable by all of the above. Yeah, I think a lot of people are nodding their heads saying, of course she does. And this is crazy. I can't believe this is going on. But that's why. Uh, but it's have... typical of the squad. It is. You, know, you look at what AOC has done with yep. her campaign donations. You look at what Omar has done with um, the way she's um, dealt with different marital relations and the way yeah. she's used her campaign dollars. Um, the 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 Democrat Party, as we all know, especially in Washington, D.C., is completely corrupt. And we need to do everything we can over the next two years to um, bring this to everybody's attention and then raise the money to throw them out of office. Well, as we remember, AOC is currently the subject of a very high profile House Ethics Committee about gifts she received in conjunction with a fancy dinner uh, that she went to. So there is a quite a record there of ethical questions surrounding the squad. Another one that's gaining a lot of attention, not only because she's a congresswoman from California, but because she has thrown her hat into the ring for the U.S. Senate race for the seat that Dianne Feinstein is vacating. Congresswoman Katie Porter, you have a very important complaint against her. Apparently, she's trying to use subsidized housing for a university that she no longer works full time for. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, Katie Porter, when before she was in Congress, she was a professor at a California university. And as part of her benefit package, they subsidized they gave her a home near the university and they subsidized the rent. And um, surprising to everybody, she was elected to Congress. Two years ago, she doesn't teach there on a full-time basis anymore, yet she continues to be given taxpayer-subsidized housing, and she's not reporting that on her campaign contributions, because that is, without a doubt, a, a contribution to her um, candidacy and to her as a congressperson, and she is not reporting that. She is living off of the taxpayer dollars to subsidize her housing, and this is you know, the the elitist Democrats in Washington, D.C. that are always pointing their fingers at everybody else and saying, we need to take care of the poor. We need to do this. We need to do that. Well, she's taking money out of hardworking Californians paychecks and uh, using their tax dollars to to fund subsidize her her housing. And um, she's been doing it for two years that she's been in Congress. And here she is running for the United States Senate. We want the voters of California to understand who this who this congressman is. Let's take one more. There's so many we can go through, but let's take Congresswoman (laughs) Elisa Slotkin, another one who's also thinking of running. Now she's going to run for U.S. Senate in Michigan. Very important complaint filed for renting a furnished home at two thousand dollars per month with utilities from a campaign donor. Hmm. Is that market value? <laughs> a campaign donor and lobbyist. Well, and how about that? Those were reported. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the exact same situation. She is having her uh, housing subsidized 
by a major donor, I believe. The FEC will have to agree with us on this. It's an alleged uh, complaint, but I believe the FEC will agree with us that her housing is being under market value, that the rent is under market value, which means she's being subsidized. And um, that is a campaign contribution, just like having your housing subsidized by the taxpayers. That's a campaign violation. So um, we want the FEC to look into all of this corruption and let the American people know who all of these people are, because they are representing us. They are voting for the American people on all of these important issues. And we need to understand um, who they are and we need to hold them accountable. Nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else has done it. So our PAC, the committee to defeat the president, is going to hold them accountable. So important. There is a theme here. I think when you take Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Congresswoman Slotkin, Congresswoman Porter, Congresswoman Bush, a sort of freeloading, sort of using the office to get free gifts that you and I couldn't get you know, as everyday Americans, has the Democratic Party sort of slipped into this? I'm an elitist. I'm entitled to handouts, uh, whether they're from China in the case of the uh, Biden family or from a lobbyist in the case of one of the congresswomen. Is there a culture of corruption here of just sort of assuming that you can use your office to bring personal benefit to yourself? Of course, that's the um, playbook of the Democrat Party, because nobody ever holds them accountable. They they use their office, their power to ingratiate themselves and their family members, and nobody ever holds them accountable. Well, we are going to hold them accountable. Um, our PAC is going to hold them accountable. Our, our donors are going to hold us, them accountable, and, and we're going to go after them as much as we possibly can. But, but when you talk about the Hunter Biden laptop and all of the, the efforts by the Biden family to work with our enemies, the communist Chinese government, that takes it to a whole nother level. And the fact that the FBI and, and the law enforcement at the highest levels of our government have done nothing to bring the um, entire Biden family um, before a a court on this issue is infuriating to me because they've had the Hunter Biden laptop since 2019. They knew about all of the collusion with the Chinese government and the kickbacks to the Biden family. None of it is coming about and being known about by the American people until the Republicans take control of Congress and actually start doing hearings and getting the paper trail of all of these transactions where Hunter Biden's, um, Bo Biden's widow is being funneled $30,000, $70,000, whatever it is, into her account when she's just a teacher. Um, you got to question, how is it that somebody can get this kind of money deposited into their account? And it's the coincidence of, of the timing of this payment to the the Biden family and how the money has moved around, the American people should be outraged. And I believe this administration is compromised because of it. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. We're beginning to see the the true nature of the compromise and it's beginning to become even even to people who don't have time to tune in a lot like, oh, wait a second, that just isn't right. That isn't where we need to be going. That's not the type of president we want. There is at the heart of this next election, a very different vision for Americans between what Joe Biden is offering more new taxes in this bill, $6.8 trillion, $6.9 trillion of spending. Let's blow up the deficit to 
110% of GDP, which seems to be reckless by all economics standards. And then the Republicans who want to shrink government, return money back to the people, maybe through block grants instead of federal bureaucrats collecting the money. Is this the election where people are forced to get a real stark choice? Either you want big government, big taxes, big spending, big inflation, big failure, or small and more money in your pocket. Is this the election where it becomes crystal clear what the future of America's destiny is going to be? Well, I think what has occurred over the last five days with our banking industry and the outrageous um, efforts by the Federal Reserve to bail out these banks that have um, created this problem and the federal government and their reckless spending, which is result which has highlighted the inflation that is impacting all of us. Um, I think that we could very seriously, we could very quickly see a very serious banking crash, which will highlight all of the excesses of Washington, D.C. and this administration over the, the reckless spending of this administration over the last two years. And, and I think the American people are going to say, well, Look what happened when Trump was in there and the um, the record low unemployment and the skyrocketing um, Dow Jones and the low gas prices and all of the successes of the Trump administration. And then you look at the the ridiculous way that this administration has handled all of the above. Um, I think it is going to be a stark, stark um, difference between the two philosophies of the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. And I think the American people are waking up. You, you, you saw that in the last election with Republicans taking back the House. And I think you're going to see it in the, the Republicans taking back the Senate and the White House in 2024. Yeah, and there seems to be another element that Americans, and anyway, I go on the street and people stop me and they say, it's, they're using a term gaslighting, which a few years ago, I don't think even people knew what it meant. Now it's become part of our lexicon, demonizing someone for something that ultimately ends up turning out to be true. Uh, lab leak theory, Hunter Biden's laptop, Russia collusion being a ruse, which it turned out to be true. All the conspiracy theories have come true, and all of the Democratic and media claims have been proven false. The lack of trust in half of the country's political leaders and their media allies seems to be at such record highs. How do we solve this? How do we get to a point where we all agree what the facts are, and then we can debate whether the, you know, what the, the solution or the outcome or the criticism should be. But it seems as though we've been forced to swallow facts that weren't facts, and it came at the detriment of our security, our health, and our economy, and our political ethics. I'm sure you've given some thought to this about changing that dynamic so that we aren't constantly, two years later, finding out what we were told was false actually turned out to be true. What most Americans will conclude that was Trump was right on so many of the things that uh, the media and the Democrats tried to make him look like a, a stark raving maniac about. Um, he, he said he was his office was being wired, and it was. He said the FBI was setting him up, and they were. He said that it was a witch hunt, and he was right. He, 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 every time he said this, the media can always tried to destroy him. And then you see all of the the investigations and the impeachments. And now you have all of these indictments that are coming against him from mayors of, and, and governor, you know, uh, prosecuting attorneys in Georgia and everything. Trump is going to win all of these. 
and um, they're only making a martyr out of him. And I think that the the more they go after him, the more um, the American people and his supporters in general are going to dig in and say that the Democrat Party and the mainstream media is corrupt to the core. And the only reason why they're doing this to Trump and Trump supporters, I will say, is to try to mark him up to make sure he doesn't get reelected in 2024. And they're only making him stronger. And I think that's going to backfire massively on the Democrats in, in that are running for office in 2024 because the American people are sick of this. There's no doubt about it. They are. They're exhausted by it. They just want common sense so they can get back to being able to afford their lives and their rent and their food and enough of this constant lying and deceiving of the American people. Ted, for folks who want to get involved with your PAC, with the Committee to Defeat the President, what's the best way to engage? I follow you at, at, at Harvey on Twitter, so I'm always watching you. But what's the best way for folks to get involved if they want to want to join the cause? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, go to our website, which is stopjoe.com. Stopjoe.com. You can see all the fights that we are in the middle of and all of the work that we've done over the last several years to fight this administration, the radical Democrats. It's not cheap. It costs a lot of money to pay for these attorneys to do all of these efforts and, and run these commercials and run these campaigns against the Democrats. So if they can hit the donation page, we would appreciate it. Um, but also you can follow us on social media, whether it doesn't really matter which, where you are, Facebook, uh, Twitter, wherever. Um, we're at defeat underscore uh, Joe and um, follow us there and and uh, be a part of this revolution to take back our country. Yeah, such an important moment in American history. Really, really important. Ted, great honor to have you on the show. We always have a lot of fun when we talk. We always learn a lot. These big ethics cases, we're watching them very closely here at Just the News. Going to need to get you back on as they become more and more complete in their outcomes, which we can't wait to see. But great to have you here and happy St. Patrick's Day. Have a great weekend. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. God bless everybody out there. Have a great weekend as well. Thank you, my friend. We'll be talking soon. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a great conversation with Congressman James Comer and an update on the state of the Biden investigation. Some big bombshells dropped over the last 24 hours. You're going to get caught up in those right after this. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Welcome back, America. A very special conversation with the man leading the investigation into the Biden family corruption. He's the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Congressman James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. Sir, great to have you back on the program. Always a pleasure to be on your show, John. You're scoring a lot of wins, sir. A big one this week. A recalcitrant Treasury Department finally bent and uh, allowed you to see the bank records. I think your staff's been looking at them today. Can you give us an update on one, why they're important, what things we might have learned from them? Well, they're important because they show different bank accounts. And one thing that we've learned is there are a lot of different bank accounts that they were funneling money from China to the Bidens in, uh, which that in itself shows uh, some type of uh, suspicious activity because uh, most people that have a credible business or an investment firm, they have one account or two accounts. But, uh, you know, there are over a dozen accounts at least and maybe maybe many more than that. So with the suspicious activity reports, anytime you have an account like the one that we actually did subpoena and get the, the bank records on, like Rob Walker, that has an average balance of, you know, around – forever, and then one day gets a $3 million wire from China, and then the next day disperses it all out, Uh, that's suspicious activity. And that generates those bank violations. That's what they're called, suspicious activity reports. So anytime you have something like that with with accounts that aren't legitimate accounts, then it's going to raise a red flag. So all the red flags in the bank name now we'll have access to, and we can write those accounts and, oh, there's an account at Wells Fargo. Oh, there's an account at J.P. Morgan. We may not have known that. We'll know about all the different accounts, and then we can get those accounts as we continue our investigation, which is very simply following the money. Yeah, it is. It's the oldest trick, oldest important uh, skill in investigation. Follow that money. Sir, there seems to be, an, uh, in my early reporting, I saw this a lot in the communications between Hunter Biden and Eric Schwerin. There's lots of things going on behind the scenes where Joe Biden's getting his bills paid through various accounts. And it looks like it's a family enterprise. It isn't just Hunter Biden. There are brothers, sisters, other people that are coming in. Are you beginning to expand the circle and see that there might have been other family members also trying to help the vice president, future president to uh, get money through these uh, indirect routes that you've been uh, investigating? Yes, we had suspected that. But just in the very first set of bank records we subpoenaed, 
we identified a very new Biden family member that I honestly never would have even suspected would have been a recipient of a big paycheck from an account that was funded through uh, two individuals closely aligned with the Chinese Communist Party. So uh, I think you're going to find that there are many Biden family members that were involved in these schemes. And one of the things that all of our whistleblowers have told us is that they were all through these LLCs paying for things for, for Joe Biden. So that's very serious. You know, this is this is getting to the point to where it's getting very close to Joe Biden. I mean, he's not going to be able to say that he had no knowledge of his family's business activities, because a lot of these people that sent this money to the LLCs that then sent it to the Bidens, Joe Biden had met with, especially during the last year of his vice presidency. So, you know, Biden was in on the game. But what we want to know is, did he benefit personally from it? We know his family did. But did he benefit personally? And that's what we're investigating. If money went to the vice president through cutouts and he doesn't declare taxes on it, the tax issues that we already know about Hunter Biden, could they potentially extend to the president himself? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many problems. He would have ethics violations, disclosure uh, violations, tax evasion problems. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're investigating Joe Biden. I know the press calls it the Hunter Biden investigation. But but there's so many Biden families. I mean, it's it's investigating Joe Biden for the Biden family influence peddling. And, and I can tell you with confidence they were influence peddling because the money that was received from this first wire, John, what exactly were they doing? What, what was their business? Because they said on paper, well, it was for a, a Chinese energy company. I, I don't see any evidence of money going to a Chinese energy company. I see evidence of money going into the Biden's back pocket. Yeah. So there's a big difference here. Yeah, that uh, that famous loan, the no interest forgivable loan uh, caught everyone's attention. And, and it seems like that was a regular occurrence. It wasn't an unusual occurrence. There's a lot of instances where money just comes in. It looks like it's a gift. Um, as you step back now, there are so many emails on the laptop that have been verified now from Eric Schwerin, sometimes from Hunter Biden's own lawyers, people like George Maceris, that are telling Hunter Biden back as early as 2016, you haven't paid taxes, you haven't declared income, you got to get right the fact that there's six, seven years time before he actually fixes the tax problem. Are you suspicious why it's taken the federal government so long to potentially decide whether to charge Hunter Biden? Yes. And that's a question that Jim Jordan in the weaponization committee will uh, dive into, because I don't think Hunter Biden was treated the same way I would have been treated, certainly not the way a Trump would have been treated or any other working American would have been treated. If you owe two million dollars to the federal government, for, for six years, I think you would have paid some type of price. At the very least, you would have been indicted. He wasn't even indicted. Yeah. And, and you know, a whole other set of questions is, what did he do to get the payment? You know, so he had a lawyer in Hollywood that, that gave him $2 million to pay his debt off with the IRS. That's a whole other question. But again, we're, we're focused on Joe Biden. I mean, there's so many conflicts of interest here with the Biden family. And it's so frustrating, John, that the mainstream media won't focus on this. And I appreciate the great work that you do. You understand it. You get it. This is an issue of, of national security for us. Is this president compromised? Is he making some of the bad decisions he's making that put America last and China first because of all the money that his family received from China? I, I don't know. But that's what we're trying to investigate. And this should be first and, and, and foremost on the minds of uh, the mainstream media, because this is about political corruption yeah. here. 
Yeah, that it is. That's what it is. Uh, sir, there is, uh, we know that money came in from Ukraine. We've gotten those bank records from the FBI through FOIA. But there are other countries that we suspect are coming in, Russia, China. Uh, can you tell us from what you do know about the bank records, some of the foreign countries where money did flow into the uh, Biden family? Yeah, the Middle East, too. That's very underreported, especially with Jim Biden, the president's brother. Yeah. He had a lot of deals in the Middle East. We know about a lot of these deals because a lot of them are in uh, federal bankruptcy court right now. And that's the, the other story here that I don't know of any of these business deals that ever lasted. I mean, they, they were all scams and schemes and, and failures. So why would people continue to send this family massive amounts of money because they, they don't have any expertise you know, was it were they getting something in return? If so, then Joe Biden would be the primary suspect, because I don't think that Hunter Biden or, or Jim Biden or any of the, the family members of the Biden family can actually do something uh, on behalf of the government. But Joe Biden could. Yeah. And, and and that's why we're investigating this. You know, it doesn't make sense for this family to receive these massive amounts of money from our adversaries. You know, they're not dealing with Canada. They're not dealing with the European, you know, the, the normal European Union country. They're, they're dealing with countries like Russia and China and the United Arab Emirates. I mean, it, it's bizarre some of the countries that, that are doing business with the Bidens. Yeah, that it is. And it's exciting to watch the truth finally come out with your great work, your staff's great work. I want to pivot to one last question before we let you go. Uh, the House passed the Protecting uh, Speech from Government Interference Act. That is your work, a monumental effort to protect the First Amendment. Tell us what it's going to do and the chances for it to get through the Senate. Well, we all want to hold people accountable for censoring conservative speech. You've talked about it all the time on your show. Uh, I feel very passionate about it. People in Kentucky feel very passionate about it. I mean, we, we see reports from the Twitter files where the FBI was suppressing speech. We saw those 51 former intelligence officials basically lie and say that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. when We always knew all along it was it was legitimate. Well, the question then becomes, well, why can't we hold them accountable? We now know they lied about all that. We now know the, the FBI was telling Twitter and Facebook uh, who to suppress and what to suppress. And they were telling them to suppress things that they knew uh, were, were opposite of what they were saying. Yeah. But there's a rule in place to, to be able to go after people for political activity like that's called the Hatch Act. But the Hatch Act was written so far so long ago. It didn't apply to social media companies. It was written before, you know, the Internet <laughs> became a, a, as big as it is. So what we've done with with this bill is we've extended the Hatch Act to include social media companies to where if a government employee is involved in censoring political speech, then there can be uh, accountability uh, for moment, that employee. Sir. So this is a good first step in holding people accountable. All right, folks, don't touch that phone dial. Don't shut off your iPod or your iPhone yet. You know why? When we come back, we've got a great conversation with the former Homeland Security Secretary, Chad Wolf. He has a lot to say about the border, including that explosive and jaw-dropping testimony from the highest uniform officer in the Border Patrol, the Border Patrol chief, who testified that we no longer, we no longer have operational control of our southern border. Chad Wolf has a lot to say with that. He'll have it right after the commercial break. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. 
Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden, debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at signup. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Welcome back, everybody. The House Homeland Security Committee held a hearing in the border town of McAllen, Texas, and one of the panelists testifying was the head of the U.S. Border Patrol, who told lawmakers something completely opposite of what Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told the committee just last year. Take a listen to this. G4 Ts, um, does, does DHS have operational control of our entire border? No, sir. Okay. Well, Chief Ortiz could have simply answered no, sir, when asked by Congressman Green, the chairman of that committee, whether the department had operational control of the border. But the chief went on to tell the committee that they used to use that term as a measuring tool 10 years ago, but today his new strategy is toward mission advantage. So here to discuss this and much more as a public servant who never had to lie about this question or others in front of Congress when he was asked. He's Chad Wolf, the former acting secretary of our Department of Homeland Security, and he joins us now. Mr. Secretary, thank you for being here. Good to have you back, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Amanda. Good to see you guys. It's great to have you, and maybe I'm cynical, 
Maybe it's just a difference of perception. Maybe last year we really did have operational control of the border from the perception of Secretary Mayorkas, and maybe,、um, according to this official, maybe it's just a perception issue, or maybe it's that we have not had operational control of this border since this administration took office in January of 2021. Your thoughts? Well, I think the latter is true, and I think most Americans know that as well. And you only have to look at the data and the numbers, and it tells you that. So I think that the testimony by Chief Ortiz was was both striking and dramatic. He basically、uh, said that you know basically everything that the Secretary Mayorkas has said over the past two years has been a lie, has not been truthful. So not only the clip that you showed about operational control, but he was asked essentially, does physical infrastructure work, and did you agree? With the president and the secretary to stop construction, he said, "No, I don't agree with that." Meaning, walls work, and I think we we've known that for some time. He also said that the policies of this administration, the policies that they enacted on week one and month one, have actually caused this crisis, and that at the end of the day, there's no deterrent in the system, which is something I've been saying for two years now. That if you have no deterrent, individuals are going to continue to break the law. Uh, because there's no downside to it, and so there's a number of things that Chief Ortiz articulated to the committee yesterday that I think are just striking because it it signifies and kind of underscores what most Americans intuitively know about that border. But we finally hear an administration official, a career official, mind you,、uh, saying saying the truth, and I think it's refreshing. Yeah, it was refreshing to a lot of people, and also scary too, because not having operational control of your southern border really is a national security risk. Something you reminded us time and again. There's another thing we had you on a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Secretary, and you said, "Hey, there's a shell game going on. The new asylum rules by Joe Biden. All it's going to do is take people、yeah. crossing the border and send them into ports, and we're still going to have the same number of illegal aliens." And son of a gun, the, the numbers came out last night, Mr. Secretary, and they were exactly what you said. We see this massive shift to the ports, but the same total number of illegal. Aliens, just a shell game for optics, right? Well, a hundred percent. But again, the illegal apprehension number, I think, it was one hundred and fifty-three or fifty-six thousand. Right. That's now twenty-four months under Joe Biden. That that number has not be- dropped below one hundred and fifty thousand, which is just astronomically high.、Uh, that number alone should scare、uh, and frighten a lot of Americans. That that many people are coming across the border. But you're exactly right. They have shifted this to ports of entry. The number at, at ports of entry has increased over 800 percent. So it's a shell game, as you indicate, John.、Um, you know, and I think it's incumbent on us that served at, at the department at one time or another to be honest with the American people and let them know what's going on. The demand has not decreased,、uh, and these individuals, the same number of individuals, are being released into the country every day. They're just happy to doing that at a port of entry versus、uh, in between ports of entry. Mr. Secretary, your work at AFPI. AFPI、uh, does an incredible job of examining the intersection of policy and reality, and I think that that bears out, especially with the border issue. And I think for Americans, you know, you've got Republicans who definitely pay attention to the border issue and list it as、uh, one of the number one crises facing our nation. But if we can get Democrat voters to pay attention. Then Democrat politicians have to pay attention. We all know they boycotted these hearings yesterday、uh, because they didn't like the optics of what would be revealed. But yesterday, for the first time in a long time, it felt like the needle moved a little bit more in the direction of getting Democrat voters to pay attention. I mean, the news is, is ubiquitous and unavoidable. Did it feel like that to you? 
Well, I think it's felt like that over the last several months. I think it's it's becoming more and more difficult for the mainstream media to ignore what's going on and for Democrats not to do it. I, th- I think it's funny the fact that the Democrats boycotted now a second field hearing, a second hearing along that border. The first one was in Yuma that they didn't go to different committee. And now this one was in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley that they didn't go to. I think people are starting to pick up on it. Why would they why would they do that? Why would you boycott two committee hearings on the border to hear from Border Patrol and to hear from local people about the crisis going on so that you can help solve it? And I think people are starting to understand they don't want to go because they don't have solutions, because it's very hard to defend what's going on. And so you've got Democratic lawmakers that are trying to fix the border from D.C., uh, having never stepped foot there and not understanding the realities of it. So I think the, the momentum is starting to shift a little bit. Uh, but as I tell folks around AFPI, and thank you for bringing that up, you've got to continue to talk about this. Every time I, I get uh, I get tired of talking about it, I want to talk about it a hundred more times because you need it to sink in. You need people to hear this day in and day out about the crisis on the border, that there continues to a be a crisis, that it's a self-imposed crisis by the Biden administration, but there are solutions. They just won't implement any of them. Yeah, that is really the dilemma, and it'll be interesting to see if Republicans use the uh, power of the purse to change that dynamic come the new fiscal year. So I want to change subjects on you just quickly, because uh, a rare moment broke out in the Senate. 100 senators, all senators voted to declassify the intelligence on the origins of COVID-19. That's a big change uh, from a couple of years ago. I've been going through the open source intelligence, things that the HIPSI and others have put out in the past that may didn't get any attention. And it is very clear the United States government knew the Wuhan Institute of Virology was tied to China's military at least since 2017 and, uh, and also suspected it was tied to a bioweapons program. And still, Anthony Fauci and the State Department managed to get contract money there with nobody raising an alarm. Do we have a little bit of a blind spot on, on the threat of bioterrorism and biowarfare still? Well, I think we do to a certain extent. It doesn't get talked about uh, as some of these other threats to the homeland and to our military personnel and others. Uh, we usually don't talk about this issue unless something like Wuhan or, or uh, you know, another incident that, that occurs. And so I, I do think we probably should give a little bit more priority, time and attention. But I think some of your reporting uh, that, you, that you've mentioned here also just talks about the administrative state within the federal government. You know, a lot of these decisions are done below political leadership in many of these departments by career bureaucrats who take it upon themselves to make some very difficult and very uh, high level decisions about sending money to certain places and the like. And I think that's something that really needed, we need to take a look at. Um, I'm hopeful, you know, if, if we get another conservative America first president in the White House, that that administration will start to take a look at a lot of decisions get made by government at a very mid uh, mid to senior level outside of political leadership. And so I think that needs to be looked at uh, because um, you get some very, uh, as I said, some very definitive decisions made that may not be in the best interest of Americans. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Absolutely. And and as you were stating just a minute ago, you know, getting people to pay attention, I think, is is ultimately how we fix this crisis. And I honestly was shocked, you know what, that everybody voted to declassify all of this. But Mr. Secretary, you do such great work with AFPI. Please tell everybody where they can find out more about your work. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. So AmericaFirstPolicy.com, you can go there and check out uh, not only myself and some of what I'm working on, but I've got just a tremendous team of colleagues at AFPI. We've got 17 different policy centers. So any policy that you, you care about, whether it's healthcare policy or national security and homeland security, you can find it all at AFPI. Thank you so much for listening today. We really enjoyed the conversations. A big thank you to Ted Harvey, James Comer, and of course, Chad Wolf for some very thoughtful, meaty conversations about matters of grave concern to all of us, border security, biological security, political ethics, and being protected from corrupt politicians, whether the Biden family or one of these lawmakers now the subject of these investigations, a lot to chew on as we head into the weekend. I want to thank everyone for listening. Go check out justinnews.com or the Justin News iOS, Apple, or Android apps. They're worth checking out. We can't wait to give you updates all weekend long. We're going to have a lot of breaking news over the weekend, so stay tuned. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. Check out our Saturday and Sunday editions. A lot of great guests this weekend, including Congressman Ben Klein, former Trump economist Steve Moore, Congressman Warren Davidson, a really thoughtful interview there. Congressman Devin Nunes, former Congressman Devin Nunes, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, now the head of the company that owns Truth Social. Christian Adams, one of the great election integrity advocates in America. So many. Oh, Sheriff Dave Clark. You're going to like that one as well from Milwaukee. Rumors that he might run for the Wisconsin Senate. We're going to have a conversation with him as well. Great weekend ahead of us on the John Solomon Reports podcast. Until you tune in again, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and 
the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. 